Hello and welcome to Maps Hysteria, a podcast all about Married at First Sight. Now today, myself, Kelly Ricard, and my fellow co-host, Omar Abid, are joined by one of our absolute favourites from this year's series. Somebody who we love so much that we've been chatting a very long time <laughs> and not really been that keen to press record because we just want to get to know him. It's Adrian! Yay. Oh, good morning. How are Thank you? you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Excited, excited to talk to you. It's when we we put up on social media that we were going to be doing some interviews, and you left a comment, I think, under the one with Kwame. Got a lot of responses saying, Oh, please make this happen. I hope you're not oh. kidding. So many people want to hear from you. Yeah, and I don't think it's any surprise that um, if you've been listening to the podcast that we love you because we've championed you every week and your ability to stay rational and calm in the most insane of situations. So well yeah, done. I, mean, I don't know how that happens. Probably just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> How's it been for you since the programme's been aired? What's the response been like for you? The response has been shocking you know I didn't I really did think like oh you know I'm just probably going to be one of the quiet ones who are just not going to really get that noticed and and then everyone has been it's just been lovely you know it's really nice to 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 know that all these comments that are coming in are really positive and pleasant it's lovely it's a little overwhelming how nice it is you can almost get like imposter syndrome like I, I can't be that nice it's not true like <laughs> how have I done this how have I managed this one but it, you know it's been it, it's been lovely it's it's difficult to get the words for it to be honest yeah I, I imagine hugely overwhelming um, it's overwhelming yeah yeah but lovely, you know could you be any more grateful like what was your initial reason for wanting to go on the program well, my friend had suggested that I go on it. I'd never watched it before. And then I watched a few and was like, it was lockdown. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we were all in crazy headspaces. <laughs> and so I applied because I actually applied for last year's series, not this year's series. Ah. Um, yeah, so I applied um, and then they never got back to me and they got back to me for this season. But I think I think one of my main reasons is I personally find Dayton. I don't have any luck. Never have had any luck oh. in the um, in the Dayton world. And the boyfriends of art have been not the best. Um, and but I would say from Dayton in this day and age, everyone just wants to just throw it away in two and a half seconds. You know, move on to the next. There's always something better. You know, it really doesn't, it's, you know, one day gone, one day gone, one day gone. You know, you've got to put some work into this. People will throw anything away so quick these days. You know, you just download it and delete it like an app. So I guess for me, knowing that there was something that was going to push me into a, well, push it, you to stay together was actually a really interesting concept for me. When you were talking about applying for, for last year and you're watching last year's series then and you're seeing Matt and Dan, are you thinking, you lucky bastards? Oh, they got it easy, didn't they? Yes, <laughs> they did. I have to say, I think last year's cast, it doesn't seem as, as tense or as, as dramatic. I think there was a lot, more, a lot more drama this year. I think you had a lot of stuff to deal with. So let's start at the beginning. Once you're on the show, the wedding day. What was it like to be called H from Steps, Claire Balding? How did you how did you find that? On the, it's not a great start in my book. 
Well, let's do remember, I didn't know that they'd happened, that those names had been thrown until the end of the day when he said I didn't know it was my own yes. age from And then there was that long pause, and I'm like, at least you could give me a backstreet boy. Like, <laughs> <come on>. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair, really, isn't it? But you know, the the, the wedding was because because I hadn't made the um because I haven't been able to make the stag do, that was my first day. And the 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 size of the production on the wedding day is huge. I'm like, why is there like a hundred cameras? Like, this is so big. It's my very first day in front of, besides when we've done the backstory, which is like one camera, one person, that's it. Like, which is already intimidating. But when you go from one to a hundred, literally, that was a big day and there was no time. It was, uh, I, my eye had gone bloodshot the night before. It was sticking out. It was, oh, I was so stressed. Honestly, Aww. I couldn't calm myself down. It was such a stressful day. Um, then Tom comes out. I He instantly says in his vows, I'm hard work. And I'm like, right, here we go. Here we go. Um, I was shell shocked. And I didn't know, I'm like, right, I need some time and some brain space to figure this out, to figure him out, to figure us out. So it was almost like you're playing a game of chess. It's your move, but you don't know your move. So let's not make one. So I never made a move. Like It was rabbit in the headlights and it was so exhausting. That day was so exhausting. You know, I arrived at the wedding venue, I think it was 7.30 in the morning, 8 8 a.m., and we stopped filming at like half past two in the morning. Like it was such a long day and you didn't have any break. There was no break there. Um, you know, you'd go for, you'd go to the toilet and that would be the break. So by the end of it, you know, my face is like rabbit in the headlights. My friends are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I've got no idea. So the other big thing on the wedding day, I think the first point of conflict really was uh, with your friend Katie, Thomas and Thomas and Katie seemed to, you know, it seemed the way it was edited and shown, it almost seemed like an interrogation, which Thomas Thomas wasn't too keen on. No. Um, yeah, you know, of course it was edited. Yes, she asked those questions, but let's just think about this. Do we think she was the only person asking difficult questions there? <laughs> think about this you know my husband and his mum they ain't shy if they want to ask a question they'll ask a question so it wasn't the only she wasn't the only person asking questions and it was not over a 10 minute slot it was over hours so she did get a bit of a choppy edit but I feel like you can tell that from watching it you can see that it was fire 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 like so is what it is, but you know, I absolutely love my friends and she had my best interests at heart. Is that a, a regret that you have that, because you, you mentioned uh, off air that, you know, she didn't sign sign up for this. Is that a regret because she's, you know, coming for a bit of flack on social media, which if it's just down to the editing, it's, it's obviously unwarranted, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's tricky because I guess if you have the whole picture, then it looks a little different. That's not to say she didn't ask him all those questions. You know, we're grown-ups and we need to take responsibility for our own actions, absolutely. But it wasn't such a way as it was portrayed. And she most certainly was not the only person asking some quite difficult questions. So do I? I'm not going to regret it. It is what it is. It's done. I wish it didn't happen, but it has, and we'll all deal with it and we'll move on, you know? Mm -hmm. It's tricky, but that's, she's one of my absolute most important people in the world. I love and adore her, and I appreciate everything she does for me. Yeah, Yeah, my takeaway from it was, I think I even said this to you, Omar, was I was a little bit jealous that you've got a friend that cares that much. (laughs) She's so invested in you and loves you so much and wants the best for you. Um, I think I think with Kate we have an almost like she's very protective and she, she's got that sort of parenting gene in her naturally, you know. So she does have that that sort of take on things, and we're so close, you know. We lived together in lockdown for quite a while, you know. We did a good solid month where I went and lived with her and the kids, you know. We've had such an intense close relationship. 
And all she wants is good for me. And she didn't feel on the day that that's what I was getting. So she was worried about that, where I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll see what we can find in this. Is it what I expected? No. Is it what Tom expected? No. But let's work with this and not throw names at each other. Well, just to bring it back to the, to the uh, H from Steps, Claire Balding thing. Yeah. How, what were your perceptions of Thomas? Because we saw a lot of what he thought of you. And as funny as it was, it does seem, seem a bit mean on first, first meeting someone. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, what were your first impressions of Thomas? Loud, loud. He was yeah. big and loud. You know, he was big and loud, but he was funny. He was instantly funny. And you know what? As long as you've got funny, we can do a lot. You know, you can work with funny. So we were funny. He was he was funny, and that was great. I was really, you know, it was not what I expected whatsoever. You know, was he physically my type, or you know, his vibe? It was not my usual type, but my usual type hasn't worked in the past. So you know, it wasn't what I expected, but. That's what you've got to work with. So let's work with this. You know, part of my reasoning for going on was that people throw things away so quickly. So I would be a hypocrite to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to judge someone until I know them. Yeah. And if you if you like funny, you're going to like Thomas because he's so funny. He's really funny. Uh, when did it become more than that for you? Was it on the honeymoon, the first sort of time where you thought I might be attracted to this man, actually? The honeymoon was such a turning point. When we had that big row by the pool, we, it, it had really kicked off and that was the height of it. Um, and that was on camera, off camera. That was the height of us. That was the first time we'd really gone for each other. And, um, and as that row was happening, I was sort of going, oh, right, okay. I feel like, he he what I figured out in that row was he needs to trust me even before I trust him. Because if he doesn't trust me, we'll never get anywhere. He needs this. It's vital for us to move forward. So that sort of softened my approach to it. And that's when I sort of thought, you know, I think he's got defenses and he's got insecurities that he's so concerned about. And you know, his defenses were flying up. And I had sort of I'd been on the defence previous to that. And then once that row really blew up, I was like, okay, I can see what's happening here. So we need to now move in a different direction and, you know, figure out how to communicate. This is about communication. And I, and I think that was one of the most important realisations that I came to, that he needs to trust me even before I trust him. That, that has to be put into place. And so I went out of my way to do that. He also, like, Tom decided that I was this, like, stuck-up, snotty, conservative vibe. That's what he'd sort of, that. I think that's what he'd said, something like that, a stuck-up conservative wallflower. And I was like, and he said, he said, you know, I, you know, I don't think you're very diverse. And I was like, well, Why? because I'm sat here in a white cotton Ralph Lauren shirt. You've just decided that. Like, no. I have been surrounded in diversity since I was a child. I was brought up in theatre, you know. (laughs) You know, when I was 21, I was hanging around in all of the little dingy drag clubs in London. You know, I was, but I don't need to wear it. I don't need to wear it to show that. It's not something that is necessary for me. And I guess, you know, that sort of diversity, you know, that the androgynistic dress sense and all those sort of things. Water off a duck's back to me. I've I've worked in a drama school. Mm. Like the the kids that come to me all the time, I don't, you know, what a guy walks in and heals, I'm not even gonna look twice. It doesn't, it's just not a thing to me anymore. Like. It's not something that makes any difference. I'm just like, oh, that's completely not. That's my normal world, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't make any difference to me. But I think he'd just sort of seen someone who he felt would judge him. So I had to show him, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge you. Like, 
you're, uh, you know, I got really upset. It, I mean, I'll get a throttle in my throat instantly because I was like, Tom, I'm the only thing I'll ever do is champion you. You want to wear whatever you want to wear. I will, I'll, I'll be the first to stand in front and defend you. Yeah. Like, you wear whatever you want to wear. Don't think that I'm going to be judging you for one second. Absolutely not. So that was tricky, tricky to get through that. But, but that was the turning point. And what was interesting, actually, and this is a little insider knowledge, was that after that big row, uh, we had been separated for hours. We hadn't seen each other for hours. And I saw him and called him and he was like, no, we're not talking. And I was like, yes, we are. And we spoke by the side of the pool and I got really upset. And it was the first time that he'd seen me get upset. Um, and then and then he was, I then then he became protective of me because I'm upset. And then he's like, don't, don't, don't get upset. And that was a real moment for us. And you know what? I wish the cameras were there for that. Because they they weren't, and I wish they were there because that was a truly, you know, important poignant moment for our journey and it wasn't on camera and so we had to sort of replay that a little bit with the scene that we did on the honeymoon and that was I guess that is when people say the edit but it did happen it just the camera wasn't there so we did have to replay that a little bit yeah you've um, you've mentioned that you really wanted to give things a go because most dating nowadays is disposable but mm. were there any points, as much effort as you wanted to put in, were there any points on that honeymoon when you just thought, this is going to be too much hard work, I can't? Because well, for me, as a person, there's, I like an easy life. You know, there's only so much work I'm willing to put in. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think halfway through the honeymoon, at that point, like I'd said, I, you know, I'd started to see that, we we could we could work we can start to work towards a friendship now we can start to build a relationship before that i was like well i need to just get playing home now like yeah. this isn't gonna work and then once i'd figured that out that got a lot better and then and then you know he started he was like he looked at me ridiculously at one point and he's like you're really funny i'm like oh thanks <laughs> 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 finally you've noticed <laughs> you know because <laughs> um, we're I, I think the best thing is you know watching um unveiled last night uh, we are such a funny little team together like yeah. I'm cracking up at it like we it's just so funny I I love it like I'm not saying anyone else needs to find it funny but I find it so funny watching me and Tom together I think it's brilliant and you know we got so in tune with each other that like one look boom we know exactly what's going on and that was brilliant. One of the moments where I thought we saw a really good connection between you and Thomas was the the collage task that you that you set, which I thought was brilliant. It was kind of an unexpected results results from that. It was really a nice bonding moment between you. Yeah, and he was really happy with himself as well. He was like, <laughs> look what I've done for you. And like, you know, really wanted to, it was, he was excited to show me and it was, you know, it was lovely. Um, it was great, but I've got to say, we loved the tasks. We loved getting a task every single time. And they brought so much out in us. You know, the stargazing task, that was, you know, that was a beautiful little moment for us. Mm. You know, we sat there and because I've been to drama school, I'd done that sort of thing before. And, you know, getting Tom to sit still five minutes is not, not <laughs> And he couldn't, he couldn't. So he like, I, I were holding onto each other's arms and it like, like at our, like near the elbows. And he's just sort of like trying to pull me closer. And like, I'm like, right, it's, like, it's okay. Like, just relax. Um, and so I felt like I was coaching him through it because that was the sort of thing that I'd do. And he would coach me through something that he would do. And, you know, it was a lovely, beautiful little moment that we had there. You know, it felt really warm and lovely. And, you know, it is that, you know, getting to look into each other and really see different sides. So it was beautiful. But I will also tell you, there was another task that we did that, that didn't make air. Oh. And Thomas actually wrote me a poem. Oh, wow. Are we going to get to hear it? You can hear the poem. I've got the poem here now. I haven't looked at this for a while. Can so. you read it as Thomas, please? In Thomas's I'm not way. reading it as Thomas. <laughs> um, right, so it says, We married each 
each other. It wasn't expected. We laughed, we cried, we did this together. I want to have some fun, whatever the weather. You're funny, you're chatty, you're caring and kind, even though sometimes you're out of your mind. Bringing the fashion, the fun and the talent, I want to reach a point where we can find a happy balance. I've got your back, your hand and your heart, even if that means I have to sit here creating art. Oh! oh. <laughs> uh, so people, the listeners won't be able to see that that's made Adrian quite emotional, but yeah. it's quite tearful. No. No. <laughs> No, he's no, not. No, he's not. Scrap that. No, it, it, it's lovely, isn't it? You know, it was sweet. It was lovely. Well, I suppose yeah. it's moments like that that kept you going through some of the more challenging times. Like what I'd like to come to now is the sort of external pressures of integrating integrating with the group of mad people. <laughs> They're fucking insane, a lot of them. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Do you know what? It was when the extra couples came in it changed everything everything changed everyone's alliances changed everyone's behavior changed it became very masculine and I weren't a fan and it really did and you know suddenly there's this booming voice in the room and I'm like just got here yeah just got here like we've been established we've established now we've established the vibe and the vibe was lovely it was a really nice vibe and well uh, for, with the husbands anyway <laughs> with the husbands like like you know there'd be a few times where Tom would be like well you know do you want to go with the wives no 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 thank you I am yeah. fine yeah I don't want to go with the wives and loads of people have actually asked me about this um on on Instagram and they've asked you know how does that get chose like the husband wife thing um I'd said when we were casting before when when it was still in the process of leading up to it um you know pre the wedding I'd said I was happy to be either it didn't make a difference to me whether I was going to be a husband or a wife for the format of the show um and I'm not sure if Tom, I, I'd imagine, I don't know if I know the answer, but I'd imagine Tom wouldn't have cared either way, mm-hmm. whether he was wife or the husband, um, you know, for the format of the show. Um, you know, I hate, I don't want to put, force that stereotype or anything, but yeah. it's a format and that's how it's done. Um, but yeah, but then throughout, you know, at any point, if I wanted to go on the girls' day, you know, if I wanted to go to the picnic after the retreat, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that, that lovely day um then we could have but yeah b- before the, the husbands it was all a good, it was all a very good vibe pre the entrance of those extra couples it just made a real stare well can, can I ask then were you ever tempted just for the if basically if you would decided to go on the the bride's day at that retreat for example were you ever tempted to do that just because then that means Thomas can't be with April and it cuts out that whole thing. Or did you just think, fuck that, I want to go and have a laugh with the boys? Do you know what? I just always wanted to go with Zoe. (laughs) I would have too. I'm jumping ahead, but I was watching that dinner party last night where it was so clear that there was the alpha male end of the table and the LGBTQ plus end of the table. And I was like, I would want to be at the queer end of the table every time, yes. every time, because it was so yes. fucking blokey and alpha male down the other end. So I would have been with you. I would have been like, just put me with Zoe, wherever she's going. Exactly, that's <laughs> it. Wherever Zoe is, I want to be there. That's yes. It. That's just it. And me and Zoe, we never, um, we never spoke for the first few weeks. Oh. We were, we really didn't, it wasn't that we didn't see ITY, we just didn't, we didn't see or speak to each other very much at all. Um, and then she'd made a good bond with George and I'd made a good bond with George. And then the three of us went to the pub together and I was like, oh, why am I falling in love with this woman? <laughs> Done. Absolutely loved her. Absolutely loved her. I mean, I was on the phone to her um, Saturday night and I was like, listen, I just think me and you need to get married. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. Oh, what a wedding as well. I know. You mentioned um, 
the dynamic changing when the new couples came in. Now, I, d- I don't know how much you follow us on social media, but I caused absolute uproar by leaping to Gemma's defence um, and saying that a woman should be allowed to talk about sex in any way she wants. And what if Matt is just a big fat misogynist and so is the rest of the country? But do, would you then class him as the main catalyst for the change in the dynamics? Or was it just, just new people coming into the room? I think it was, a, you know, definitely just new people coming into an established very tight bubble of people, you know, and I'm talking about everyone, you know, we're now established with the crew. We're established with the director. We're established with everyone. We don't see anyone else. We don't go anywhere or see anyone or speak to anyone. And then suddenly there's four new people in the mix. And, you know, that sort of, you don't know what it's going to bring. And that felt like a bit of a threat before you even knew anything. It's just like, they didn't come for nothing. You yeah. know, they weren't brought in to change. They weren't brought in to keep things the same. Like, casting have brought them in to make a change. And it felt like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. We've all just got safe and comfortable with, with each other in a very difficult environment. And now we've got to move forward again. Um, so I would say, you, you know, I mean, Matt is a very, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a booming a booming person you know he has a booming voice you know he has a strong personality um I'm trying my best you are so diplomatic Adrian well done (laughs) because I don't want to cause anyone else many more hate than they need to get like because they're already getting it I don't need to act and I don't want to be responsible for it you know so I'm trying my best here I don't like the man but I don't have any ill will to him yeah Yeah. well we actually had a similar interaction along those lines when uh, the day after your uh, private dinner party, just the four of you, you and Thomas, Jonathan and Sophie, and that was that was brilliant. I think yeah. that was that was the first time we saw uh, you come out and be maybe not the first time, but you were definitely so articulate in that moment and saying that what I don't like is when people just push their opinions out into the air, and that was something that on our social media it got such a huge response. Well, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. And, you know, people really like to go, well, that's my opinion, that's my opinion, and justify what they're saying. No, it, that's still not okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's still not, dress it up however you want, mate. You can call it your opinion if you like. I don't care. That's still not right. You know, there were so many people that come to me and said, you know, thanks for coming to Sophie's defence. And I'm like, yes, I, I did. But it was far more important than Sophie. It was all of the women, of of every woman who's ever come and been kind and loving and caring to me. I've had an amazing relationship with women all of my life. So I'm sorry, no, you can't. No, you can't. It's funny watching that episode um, because I watched it a good few times, that clip. And my the way that my face responds and like my breaths and everything. Brilliant. It, but it but it happens exactly the same. Like he'll say something and I'll go, like while I'm sat watching it, my I can feel that my face is responding in the exact same way as it responded to it on the day, because I'm looking at my face as I'm feeling my face do the exact same thing. Yeah. So, yeah I, I it, 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 it was a really bizarre thing to watch it play out on social media because there was, I would say most people doing what you did, what I did, what Omar did. And I know Omar absolutely hates people saying, look, I'm just going to say this because I'm honest. You hate that, don't Uh, you? Yeah, it's just like, well, what about, have you forgotten about, like, tact? You don't have to say everything that's on your mind all the time. You don't. You know, like, so many people have said to me, you know, why were you always so nice and so calm? Sometimes my brain, I'm like, what an idiot. But I don't have to say it. I don't have to say it. Yeah. No reason for me to say it right now. Maybe it's not the best time for me to say it right now. Maybe it's better later. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I still feel I want to say it, then I'll say it. But you don't always have to say what's on your mind. We all have thoughts and they're not always politically correct. We all have them. And sometimes we have to do a little process and remind ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to say, no, 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 you can't say that. (laughs) Well, what is 
because I in re, more recent episodes I've been feeling bad for Jonathan and this goes back to the point where I did a meme about it and you sent us a message saying oh thank you that's really funny but I do feel a bit bad for the amount of hate Jonathan's getting and the thing well, is yeah that was I was sorry. sorry I was going to say that was after day one he then went on to tell the same story about horse legs to about 5,800 different people we saw it so many times on the series what is it I bet he's a nice guy well that's my guess <sighs> You know what? Being around Jonathan, you, you know, he's, he's, he's nice company. You know, he is. He's not a terrible guy. But just say sorry. Just yes. say sorry. Like, just say, I understand that that was offensive. Just say sorry and we can all move on you know when that dinner party happened we when when I first approached it I was approaching it with the attitude of oh you can't say that maybe you don't know you can't say that I'm going to explain why you can't say that you'll apologize and we'll all move on and we won't have to go down this nasty not very pleasant route but then oh no well, I mean to insult people. What? <laughs> what? Do you, what? What? Like you're not you're not helping me help you, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to help you. To then eventually, I'm like, oh, I give up. You might as well just jump in your grave now, you know. And it just never ended. The amount of time it came up, and I'm like, do you know when you just want to grab someone and go, please, just please. like, do you know what? At this point, even if you don't mean it. Yeah. yeah, just say sorry. Read the room. Read the big gay room. <laughs> don't don't come for women. Like you, you're in the wrong house. <laughs> when I spoke to Kwame and I, I talked to him about coming to Jonathan's defense at that retreat dinner party, my wife went absolutely wild because she was saying that uh, you know he does he understand you can go into one shop and be a ten and then go into the one next door and be a fourteen. And Kwame was just like, no, just control it, control your diet. <laughs> no, I think that must, um, I think that Kwame said a few things at that dinner party, which I wouldn't really agree with. I actually remember firing my head around at him at one point, like, don't, don't, don't <laughs> say that. Don't you say that. There was, there was a couple of times and, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Kwame. I love that man. I really, you know, I, I, you know, well, you know, we we didn't spend so much time together, but the time I spent with him, he was always really kind and really lovely to me. And you know, if he asked you how your day was, he wanted the answer. He wanted to know. He, you know, he listens. He's a very good listener. Um, talk for England, mind you, like to the point where you're like, I'm going to need you to crack on with this <laughs> sentence. But yeah, there was a couple of moments at that retreat when Kwame, I was like, oh, no, don't, no, you don't, you don't defend this one. You you have to sit down and just take this one. But Adrian, why don't they know that? Why don't they know what they can and can't say? <laughs> you know, I guess it's different upbringings, different society. And, you know, that's fine. I understand that. Um, you know, there's been loads of people in my life over the years, you know, especially once I've moved out of Liverpool and moved to London, and then my mind is expanding and I have to start learning about things that I hadn't had to previously. Um, so then I go back to Liverpool and people say things and I'll be like, oh, you can't say that. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, 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 you can't. And this is why. So, you're, you know, I'm never going to get, you, you never want to get angry at a person, but I can't help myself but try and, educate a little bit you know that's not the best the best thing to say because of x y and z and so as long as they go oh right yeah i see that point and we can discuss it that's fine but if you're still still gonna argue your point like it just never ended with jonathan bless him it never ended you know <laughs> I'm very curious to see what what happens with them at the reunion tonight but just keeping on that re retreat dinner party the whole Matt, Gemma, Whitney, I mean, Duca sort of got away with it. From my understanding from Kwame was that Whitney had had a word with Duca beforehand, so he was sort of prepared, and Matt hadn't done that with Gemma. So that, that's why we saw Gemma talking to you, and, and you were kind of like, 
might now might not be the time to say that Whitney chose Matt as the husband. No, but I'll tell you what. So I was at the boys, the boys thing, which was so much fun. I loved it. <laughs> and I got handed all the cards to ask all the questions. Aww. And all of the all of the husbands were really wimpy with their answers. And I was like, no, I'm not accepting that. No, that's cheating. And they'd always go for the gay partner as oh, well. Yeah. No, 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 no. That is cheating. No, you can't have it. So they all hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm getting new answers out of you I don't care um you know I felt like the MC having a lovely time um but I got they come and pick me out of that like from nowhere I was doing a vox when we talked to the cameras um alone and they came and stopped it and said we need to take Adrian he needs to go and do a scene and I'm like what what am I doing and they're instantly I'm like oh my gosh what's he done <laughs> What happened at this? What happened at this girl's day? What's he done? April's dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I goes over and they're like, right, you just need to walk in. And I'm like, okay, what am I walking into? And they're like, nothing, nothing. Just walk in. And I'm like, no, no, that is not. And they're like, no, it's absolutely fine. It's not an issue whatsoever. And I walked in and that happened. And that is how that scene happened. Um, I didn't have a clue what we were going to talk about. And then they said they thought that Whitney and, and Whitney and Matt might be a thing. And I tell you what, I never did. I never thought oh. it. I never thought it. I never thought it was a thing. I never thought it was a thing. And then, so annoyingly, Thomas had had a duel with at the at that retreat at the retreat dinner party. He'd had a bit of a duel, so he walks out of the tent. So I follow him out of the tent, and that's when it all kicked off. Oh, we weren't there. Okay. We were not there when it kicked off. And then I walked back in, and I'm like. What's happened? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? So I goes outside and Matt's walking back in and sees Gemma and she's like, torture. I'm like, oh gosh, oh goodness, here we go. Bloody hell. So I was so so like quiet for the whole thing because I was so behind. I didn't know, I didn't know what had been said. I wasn't in the room, literally wasn't in the room. And I'd never believed, I never thought that it was gonna be a thing. I was shocked. Yeah. I've I've asked everyone that I've spoken to. <laughs> I, what do you think they should have been allowed to to continue? Because I sort of get it that like the integrity of the process and all that. But on the other hand, there's the reality show side of it where it's like, you know, it's not that it's happened in Australian yeah. series and things. Yeah. And I I listened to your podcast with Laura, and so I know your opinion. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I guess. When you're in there, like Laura said, it's so intense and it's so hard. And so you have to work at everything. And, you know, so that's why I said, you know, for someone who I work my ass off to get to the relationship to where it was, and Tom did as well. And so then for someone else to just choose each other and stay, then then that's really, it, it felt, it did feel almost like a personal, like, are you joking? Like, so they just get to choose that. Should, should I just pick somewhere else then? Should, mm-hmm. I, should, should we just do that? Um, but I'm not stupid. People, some people were like, oh, I don't think they'll let them back in. I'm like, of course they'll let them back in. It's television. Yeah. Of course it is. You know, you, you know where you are. Like, oh, I don't, I don't think that would be right if they let them back in. <laughs> exactly why they will like <laughs> come yeah. off it they want to make they want to make television like yeah. come on get with the picture you know so I knew that they were coming back in but it did feel like actually this doesn't feel right like you go you have your love you you do whatever you need to do and I hope that it's really successful and happy for you both but it didn't it really didn't feel right that they stayed well me, I think I can definitely understand that because like we've seen you put the work in, especially there's times when Thomas had, had written leave and then changed his mind on the settee. I think that happened twice. 
and then you're clearly putting the work in to get this relationship to to work and develop and then and I guess this was something that that stayed with you understandably Matt saying that your relationship's completely fabricated was like the most bizarre (laughs) statement totally fucking ridiculous yeah absolute nightmare but he had said that he's had a conversation with Gemma who'd had a conversation with Thomas and I'm like probably Mm. and he'd he'd come to me at the retreat and said you know Gemma this is why I was so annoyed about it um he came to me at the retreats after the boys day and said you know uh, Gemma had said that yours and Thomas's it's all and I'm like no what no I'm like what do you mean that conversation that we had on the second day of the honeymoon let's try and survive as friends for a second like let's get to that like this isn't romantic it wasn't it we wanted to kill each other you know we were on some very high cliffs on that hotel and I was concerned you know he was going to push me for sure <laughs> you know deep in the middle of the sea with Tom but although to be fair I could drove when, when we were driving on those cliffs as well I don't think he was no he knew I had him and I, <laughs> um so that had happened and I'm just like I can't you can't I'm not having this like I, we have worked so hard. It's insulting. So then I definitely want them gone. I'm like, no, no, right. You definitely can't stay now. I do not want this. Like it's not, but he had his opinion and that's fine. But he wanted to be heard. And so he was heard. And then I was too. Yes. The thing is, people were always wanting to give their opinion of your relationship. Um, And as a viewer, obviously we're, we're only seeing what's edited, but it seemed very much like there was a brilliant, genuine chemistry and a lovely friendship and almost a nurturing parent-child thing going on. But yeah. you had you had people that didn't seem to see that. Like Thomas's mother was like, I don't see any chemistry. And then you've got Matt saying, oh, it's a complete fabrication. Do you think that any of those views being put on you were the reason why it didn't work? No. No, I will take everyone's opinion on I am one stubborn man. No, I you can you can give me your opinion. I will consider it. And if I want to keep it, I will. If I don't, then I'll pull it to the side. No, I don't think anyone's opinions, you know, I think they at times caused not great feelings sometimes from people, but that doesn't mean no, I'll make my own decision. It doesn't yeah. make a difference to what anyone says to me. Um, and, you know, we were working towards it. And, you know, by by that point, you know, after the homestays and everything, there was, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, is this just a friendship? But again, it does come back to that original point of why I wanted to go in. Mm. I will try for as long as I can, as long as I'm happy. And we were happy we were so happy and we were getting more comfortable more happy more in tune with each other was that to be a friendship or was that to be romantic i didn't know but i wasn't ready to i wasn't unhappy i'm not unhappy so why do i want to leave something i'm not unhappy i'm happy you know yeah yeah oh no it definitely it definitely makes sense and you could see really see that come across on that final commitment ceremony couch when you uh, gave quite an impassioned speech, and that Tom Tom changed his mind. It was obvious you you still felt there was there was enough there to work to work with. Uh, but can I just go back to those homestays for a second? Because there was a lot of debate on social media about what made you emotional there. Because I thought it came across quite well that you said it was because your support of Tom had been recognised by his parents. But there were other people on our social media who were saying that they felt they were quite. Tom's parents were quite harsh, harsh on you, and that's what had upset you. Yeah, Tom's parents were lovely. Mm-hmm. Tom's parents were lovely. You know, they were so lovely. And so your your theory is a lot closer to the reality. That is what it was. I th- I thought that that showed on the on the. I I, I did. I just kind of want, wanted to get it from the horse's mouth, really. Well, I feel a bit thick because I on I thought you were crying because they'd hurt your feelings. Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> No, I think there was no. There, there was you know, Tom's mum and dad were lovely to me on that day. They were lovely to me, 
you know, we had a nice time. I felt really comfortable with Tom's mom to have, you know, some difficult conversations as well. We did have difficult conversations. So Adrian, we're going to come to the final dinner party and uh, (laughs) the joy of the final dinner party. Um, And Thomas said, I wanted someone to love me. And I was just wondering, did you love him? Because it looked like you did. It felt like you did. I still love him. It just was such a, you know, we became so much to each other. We became so important to each other. You know, I knew that I had a God dog for life. You know, I knew that he had my back. I had his back. You know, the the more that he would see me defending him, the more he would see how much I trusted him and how much I believe. Well, how much he then he trusted me more, and you know, it was it's intense, man. It's mm-hmm. intense. I will always love Thomas, no matter which way this relationship goes. There'll always be a soft spot for Thomas, but there'll never be a day that he also doesn't piss me off. <laughs> And that's fine because I loved him for that as well. Yeah. I'll always love Thomas. There'll always be a very special spot for Thomas. Always. I think the you did something very unusual in Married at First Sight history was where you actually ended the relationship in what seemed like quite an adult way. Yes. <laughs> by just having quite a nice conversation. <laughs> well, I always wanted, no matter what the ending, I wanted it to be nice as well. You know, I never wanted it to turn nasty between us no matter what came of it and neither of us wanted that you know we'd grown so much love for each other we never what we never wanted that it was it was you know it was lovely it was lovely I mean 10 minutes of me sobbing there and I couldn't stop (laughs) but you'd been through so much together like you said yeah that's hard and again with the first time in maths history it wasn't just that it was a really rational, calm, lovely ending. It was that you kind of did it on your own terms. It wasn't at the final vows. I found it very emotional. Mm. Well, you know, we like we'd said on, you know, we weren't comfortable going to final vows, and you know, we we knew we tried, and we, and we did. <laughs> we tried. We weren't like I said on um, <clears throat> on Veld. You know, we we had put everything for a marriage in place, just not that one thing that we couldn't get to. Um, and that's okay. That's all right. We, like, we, we won, we came out with a beautiful ending and that's what, that's what we wanted. And you know, we were lucky enough to be able to do that. And it was so nice. It felt, it almost felt like a relief for, I think for us both to walk back into the dinner party and to go, you know what? We're not going to be husbands. I think Tom said, you know, we're not going to be husbands forever, but we are going to be best friends forever. I've paraphrased him a little bit there, I think. But, you know, it's lovely. And, you know, and actually that night, like we we kept on holding each other's hands and we were very close that night because it's a big deal. It's a big thing. Yeah. When you say it was a relief to come back in and talk to people, the way that was shown as well was that the, the other end of the table, there was a lot Didn't, of eye rolling. Uh, didn't see it. Until oh, the episode. Right. Didn't oh. see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. So then what was the... With those heightened emotions of having had that conversation with, with Thomas, do you think that's why you, still quite rightly, in my opinion, you and Matt got into it? Because I think you'd been hanging on to that fabricated comment, hadn't you? Which is, again, I agree with. I mean, I agree with your response, sorry. Not that I agree with the comment. Yeah. And I just, I just couldn't, I just, I'm just not, you know, I'm not, I'm not letting you have that. Like, you're not having it. The end, that's it. You cannot have, you cannot say that. I cannot not respond. Yeah. I was sick of it. And it felt, you know, you're not coming for my marriage. Well, uh, like I said, you didn't, you, you know, uh, there was more conversation. And he said, you know, if you were on my honeymoon and I'm like, try mine. You try my honeymoon. You know, yeah. See how see, but but I stuck around. I stuck in for it. <laughs> I gave Thomas every chance under the sun, and he gave me them too. Mm. 
and I appreciate that. And I believe he appreciates it for me. So no, you cannot have your shitty comment. Yeah, and I think everybody watching it, well, I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't be, was so on your side because what he said really, really made a mockery out of those of you that had tried, where he was just like, well, you're just jealous because ours is proper and yours isn't. And actually, I kind of jumped off the sofa because I was like, yeah, but this one's more like a real marriage. The one where you work and you stay and you try your best is more like a real marriage than the one where you shag and you get a tattoo. Like that's, that, are you saying that's more real love? Cause I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I am going to choose to not pass comment there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know something else that angered you though, Kelly, was um, Whitney. Oh, <laughs> I was furious. So I have, if you've listened to the podcast, I have defended Whitney as we've gone along. I've said, yeah. what? she's Good. lost her. She's lost her mother. Good. You know, everyone's been so harsh on social media. The poor girl is grieving. And even with Matt, I was like, well, they've, you know, they've kind of found each other like two life rafts. And I've, I've probably gone out there in support of her. And then at the dinner party, when you said, Whitney, you know, we've had some great conversations. She went, well, what, like we've had two. And you just went, fuck off. And I was like, yeah, in that, mo- in that moment, yeah. everything else she'd done, I didn't care. But I was like, do not talk to our Adrian that way. <laughs> yeah, and it was, do you know, when someone, you know, when someone just turns around and sort of belittles everything that had happened previously, you can be upset in the moment now, but don't just, don't just dismiss everything else. Um, you know, th- there is context in life and you, they all add up. You know, you have, that's how I measure life anyway. That's how I measure relationships, no matter what relationship yeah. it is. So, you know, there's there's times when I've had your back. So for you to throw that comment, well, whatever then. You know what, whatever. I don't care because you're not important enough to me for me to continue. So take care. Yeah. No problem. No problem. You're done, I think I said. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This brilliant delivery. I've got a great photo of you. Yeah, fuck off, Whitney, pointing backwards over your shoulder. No, brilliant. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I don't think you should be sorry. I think the reason it was a powerful moment and everyone was on your side was because by that point, we know that you are reasonable and you, you show tact, which a lot of people a lot of people don't. But I think because of her response with... Yeah, we've had like two conversations at that my brain just went that's it it's it, it is done that is it like it's done so now you want to respond again I don't want to hear it yeah I don't want to hear it now I don't care you're not important enough to me to work work towards the future of this you can go yeah. bye-bye yeah. and I'm not interested anymore the end yeah but it was that's it you there's that's- nothing more that I need to hear from you and you can't throw at me and say I haven't listened and all of that because I have. I have listened to you. PCB said that you're the you're the best dressed man he's ever seen. So that's that's a nice I know. <laughs> I appreciated that. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, he's a, he's pretty stylish himself. So it's a good yes. uh, it's a look. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I agree with his leather trousers, uh sandals, <laughs> but you know, but this Humble is what... that look. Tom loved that look, but but then I wore leather trousers. They were Tom's. Oh yeah, no, I get that. So that was a that was I got a good one of uh, you saying I feel very uncomfortable when uh, it was about Matt and Whitney. But I said it's your leather trousers. I know, I know. They weren't though. They weren't uncomfortable at all. No. They were super comfortable. But I had ordered a suit, and it didn't arrive. And then they're like, well, you could just wear anything. I'm like, you just wear anything, can't tell you. <laughs> you just wear anything. Like, no, I'm not just wearing anything. And Tom's wearing space boots. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not just wearing anything. And then Tom was like, Tom got very used to me, like panicking over my clothes. And he would just be like, no, you look great. Nah, nah, nah. Um, he was always very much like you, you know, Tom made me like feel good or at all times. He always made me make sure that I felt good. You look beautiful, you look the best, you're the most handsome. He'd be like, look at these men. Why do you even care how you look? Look at you compared to these men. He constantly would build me up and make sure that I felt good about myself. Um, 
That's lovely. Um, yeah. But yeah, that suit. Then I he was like, right, so wear these leather trousers. So I've got leather trousers on. And then um, the jacket actually was one of the producers. He gave me the jacket. And so we made that little outfit work. And you know what? It was really fun. I would never dress like that. I would never wear leather trousers and a big uh-huh. bright gold jacket. But you know what? I really enjoyed it. And you know what? Thomas took the lead on that. And that was great. Oh, uh, I wanted to just uh, ask about the edit as well, because there's been a lot of discussion. And from talking with some of the other cast, it's interesting the stuff the, the stuff they say about the edit. What, what are your views about, about that? I think that the edit has done loads of great things. I think, do you know what I, I find very interesting is that a lot of people have come to me and said, you know, the show has really dealt with some very serious subjects. Um, and that's wrong. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know if we can win then because people will criticize it and say it's fake. And then when it's very real, then you'll criticize it for being too real. But in my opinion, we have dealt with some very tricky, tricky subjects on this show. And I feel proud because those tricky subjects are happening in houses across the country. Yes. People are suffering for some of these things that are going on. And so there's going to be someone, yes, it might be, it might be triggering. It might be triggering for people. Absolutely. And that's so sad, but it might let someone else know that they're not the only one who's going through that. And then they'll see it be processed by that person on the television and post the show on their social media. They've all discussed these tricky issues and, you know, tried to battle them. So for me personally, it's something very proud. It's not just a glossy television show. If you look at it, it's actually quite real and dealing with some very raw, serious emotions. Yeah, that's, I totally agree with that. And that's why we started the podcast, because I just found that the topics that are raised in it, it's more than just superficial fluff fluff TV. People love to talk about it because of those big, big topics. Kelly usually likes to talk about the patriarchy. It's getting a bit one note. But <laughs> Says the voice of the patriarchy, Adrian. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... I noticed when we were talking about fashion there, you didn't compliment me on my UFC T-shirt that I just bought recently. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I yeah. didn't know what it was. No. I just assumed Claire chose it for you. I'm stylish. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the reunion dinner party and commitment ceremonies coming up. Yes. What can, what can we expect from that? Everyone dies. <laughs> no no um you can expect you know the usual the usual the usual formula of joy you know it was uh tricky i will say me and tom took a different approach to this dinner party i'll say that Which was, you may choose not to answer this one, and that's fine. Who have you stayed in touch with? No, I don't like any of them. <laughs> no, I don't like any of them. No. I um, I mostly speak to Zoe and Shanita. Um, and then Sophie and Jenna, Jordan. They're like the people that I've taken away from this. But most, but it's mostly Zoe and Shanita. And let's not forget Gemma because she would have been sat at that end of the table too. It's that end of the table. It's that it? end of the table. <laughs> it's it's our end of the table. It was the best end. It's and we, the end we... with some humanity. <laughs> I do feel sorry for Sophie though, because because you mentioned her as someone that you stay in touch with. I think like you sometimes get stuck with your partner, don't yeah. you? In places that you don't want to be. Yeah. 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 But you know, she she knows she knew she was at the wrong end of the table. She knew where she was supposed to be, and she is supposed to be at our end of the table. And she is now. Yay! <laughs> Welcome, Sophie. 
we know people are going to loved having heard from you Adrian we had so many responses about you about you coming on and it's been fantastic talking to you and this is why we enjoy doing the interviews is that that we try not to edit so much because it is good to hear like what your experience was actually actually like the full rounding out of the of the picture which is great it was a great experience people constantly say do you regret it and I'm like absolutely not why, why would you regret it it was great it was hard very yeah. hard more difficult than I would have ever imagined. And you know, you don't realise that it's going to turn into the Hunger Games between all the other couples. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, and when they're setting those dinner parties out every time, oh, who's going to sit directly in front of us? George, April, Whitney, you know, <laughs> every time. And I'd be like, great, here we are. Welcome to the lion's den. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, sorry, I've just remembered one more that Kelly always likes to ask. Oh, yeah. I'm just wondering, Adrian, are you seeing anyone? Oh, <laughs> you cheeky monkey. <laughs> I am not. I am not. No. I don't leave the house, mate. I don't leave the house. I can't. I ain't got time right now. It's a lot to keep up with. So, no, I am not seeing anyone. But, you know, I still want to get married. And he is an absolute catch. We've absolutely loved having Adrian on. He's been amazing. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. Ew. <laughs> oh.